0: mum. I know that cannot be easy. Yeah, let's thank them and congratulate them. Well done. Well done. I had three days of being single dad this week. I need a holiday. No, I don't. Well done. We, um, We acknowledge that it takes a lot of push through and character and resilience to do that. So... Very good. All right, let's get into this morning's message. We are going to um, be looking at an event that uh, is recorded in three of the Gospels, but we're going to look at Luke chapter 8 this morning. It's a story that um, is well known. You may have heard it preached from before. It's probably not a complicated message, but I hope it's something that God wants to speak to you about. And the message this morning is called this, A Deliberate Touch. Everyone say that, A Deliberate Touch. Luke chapter 8, verse 40 says this, On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus, because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come with him. His only daughter was only about, was about 12 years old, and she was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds, A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, having spent everything she had on doctors and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe and immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, just like my kids, everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realised that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, Jesus said to her, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. It's a great story this morning of Jesus healing a lady that was in desperate need. But I want to change tack for a minute. I want to pause. Kids, can you hear me? Kids, have you ever had a fight with your brother or sister? Yes. In this last week of school holidays, has anyone been on a car ride with their siblings? Has anyone experienced a little bit of these pictures up here? Can I have the next one? Has anyone experienced this one? Who knows what's going on right here, parents? Mum, he touched me. What's worse than that is, mum, he wiped his boogies on me. Or, he's looking at me funny. Ever? Amy, Amy, you put this up on Facebook a little while ago and I stole it. Next picture, please. This is something that we need to bring in. Someone needs to manufacture some like privacy screens between each child so that there can be no touching and there can be no wiping of snot and there can be no unwanted looks. Who thinks this would be a good idea for long car rides? Every parent's got their hand in the air and a few kids are putting their hands up right now as well because you're aware of this. Now kids, when you do that, And mum and dad are in the front and you yell out, they touched me. Mum and dad have to make a decision on how they respond. Mum and dad may respond like this and I may have done this sometimes, just wildly swinging into the back seat, (laughs) hoping to connect with someone to tell them to be quiet. That's one option you have on how to respond. But if you're a mature parent like my wife... What you're trying to do sometimes when your kids are having a, a little squabble or a little fight, you're f- trying to figure out this. You're trying to figure out, was that an accident or was it done on purpose? Was that intentional? Did you intentionally hit your brother or sister? Or were you just having a stretch and you happened to brush past them? Was it an accident or was it on purpose because that's what you're trying to figure out was this an accident or was it on purpose there is a difference between doing something deliberately and an accident just simply happening there is a huge difference in life there is a huge difference I wonder in your life what things are you deliberate about and what things just happen you know a year or two ago I went to the doctor and they um they asked me to get on the scale get weighed. Anyone, anyone enjoy doing that at the doctor? Got a picture to see. I mean, you know, you, you, you're watching the thing to see what weight it's going to be. And I was told when I went to the doctor, you are two kilos heavier than this time last year. You know, I think, okay, two kilos. That's not that much. That's okay. But here's the thing. I didn't deliberately set out to put on two kilos. I don't know how it happened. It just happened. It just happened. I didn't do it intentionally, but it happened. Here's another thing. Who's ever tried to save money? Who's ever wanted to do something, go on a holiday, buy an Xbox, buy a new home, buy a new car, whatever it might be? The only way you're going to achieve that goal is by having a deliberate approach to it. If you're hoping that just one day, all of a sudden it'll just happen that you've got lots of money in your bank account and do the things you want to do, it won't happen. You need to be deliberate about it. This morning, I want to ask you, what is it that you are deliberate about? And what is it that just happens in your life? In the story we read, this lady has a life-changing encounter with Jesus. She is healed. She is set free. She is never the same again. Why? Because she is deliberate in what she did. She deliberately touched Jesus. There is a movie out at the moment called Tag about people going around and deliberately touching people, playing tag. Has anyone seen that movie? Apparently it's funny but a little bit rude. That's just my quick reference on it. But there's a deliberateness to it. The Greek word, here's a little bit of education for you this morning. The Greek word here used is hapto for touch and it implies a certain degree of involvement with the object On the part of the subject. It's more than just a mere contact or touch, but it's an engagement, a handling or use in which some kind of influence or effect is created between the items coming into contact. It's not just brushing past someone, but it's a deliberate approach. There were many, many people in the crowd that day. Many, many people saw Jesus. Some of them even came in contact with him. But only this one lady deliberately reached out and touched Jesus. This wasn't a chance encounter. It didn't just happen that she happened to be healed that day because she brushed past Jesus in the crowd. No, Jesus himself declared these words, someone deliberately touched me. Someone deliberately went out of their way to have contact with me today and it has changed their life. That lady reached out to Jesus and it changed her life forever. I read this from Spurgeon about this lady. He writes this, She was not healed by a contact with the Lord with his garment against her will. She was not pushed against him accidentally, but the touch was active and not merely passive. You see, said one of the apostles, the multitude thronging you are pressing against you. There was nothing remarkable or effacious about such unavoidable and involuntary touches. Her touch was her own distinct, intentional, voluntary act, and it was done under the persuasion that it would bring her a cure. Such is the faith which brings salvation. This lady believed that by touching Jesus that day, she would receive the healing that she she so desperately needed and wanted. That if she would reach out and touch Jesus, that there was something she could receive That would help her and heal her life. She acted on this belief. She acted on this faith and she reached out and touched Jesus. You know, this lady had so many excuses as to why she could have not done it. So many reasons she could have not reached out to Jesus that day. There were crowds of people surrounding Jesus that day. Who's ever been in a huge crowd trying to make your way through, going to get through? It's not fun, is it? Walking just to get near Jesus would have been a hassle. But imagine this, imagine being sick for 12 years. That is a long time to be sick. I've had the man flu for 12 hours and I nearly died. And men, look at this. It's on the Today Show, so it must be true. Man flu is real. It is a real thing. You know that if you've been sick for a day or two, you have got no energy, you've got no desire to go out, you definitely don't want to be in a crowd full of people, do you? All you want to do is curl up under a blanket and be alone and rest. But here's a lady who has been sick for 12 years. Imagine how she is feeling physically. Do you think she's thinking, yeah, I'm going to get up. I'm going to push my way through a crowd full of people just to get to Jesus. That's the last thing she probably physically wants to do. When I imagine this lady, I don't imagine her to be a healthy, full of energy, full of life lady. I imagine her to be quite frail, quite weak, quite exhausted, if you like. It was no small thing for her to push her way through a crowd of people that day just so she could touch Jesus physically it was a challenge for her to touch Jesus and I know through life in, in our western world sometimes we don't have those physical challenges but even on a day like today I don't know what temperature was it at your house this morning it was three degrees at my house and in Valentine that's cold you pop, some of you probably were in the minuses I don't know but on a cold winter's morning. Physically, to come to church, there's a push-through factor, isn't there? There's a no, I want to go to church today. And I know that Jesus is everywhere and you can encounter him at home, in bed or in church. That's all right. But there's still a push through the physical barrier to coming to be in this place today. And this lady was prepared to physically push through the barriers, physically push through the reasons or excuses that could have stopped her, but didn't because she wanted to have an encounter with Jesus. Physically, it was a challenge. But more than that, emotionally, it was a challenge. It had said that she had spent all of her money on doctors trying to find a cure. Imagine for a moment, 12 years. Imagine how many times you'd be disappointed. Imagine how many times she got her hopes up. Imagine how many times someone said, oh, there's this new miracle cure. We can take you to this doctor or we can see to this physician or we can see to this spiritualist or we can go to this person or that person. Imagine how many times she got her hopes up thinking today might be the day that I get the healing that I so desperately want. Only for her then to be disappointed. It says that she spent all of her money, all of her wealth trying to get healed. There'd be disappointment. There'd be moments where she had her hopes raised, but then only to have them come crashing back down again. Spurgeon says this to pine and to bleed for 12 years is enough to render one hopeless. And I think that's probably the emotion that describes what I would imagine this lady would be going through the most a sense of hopelessness, a sense of, this is my life, I'm always going to be sick. I'm always going to be this way. Nothing will ever change. This is just my lot in life and I may as well just accept it. It'd be easy for her to think, what's the point? What's the point of trying? What's the point of believing that there is still hope? I may as well just give up. But then she hears about this Jesus who's going from town to town. He's praying for people and they're being healed. People are seeing again. People are hearing again. The the lame are walking. Even the dead are being raised from the dead she's going, oh, maybe, maybe there's hope. Maybe this Jesus can be the one that can heal me. Maybe Jesus is my answer. Maybe Jesus is the one that can heal me where others could not. So she decides to give it a go. She goes, you know what? I've got nothing else to lose. I've tried everything. I've got no money. I can't buy a cure. I can't find a cure, but I'm going to try and see if maybe Jesus is the one that could help me. Maybe there's a chance that there's more. Maybe so she pushes through the crowd physically it was a challenge emotionally it was a challenge but there's more for her to overcome there's also the shame for her to overcome you know in ceremonial law this lady was deemed by society to be what's known as unclean imagine for 12 years being told by society you are unclean you are unworthy of being in a crowd of people you Uh, You've got to be in isolation. 12 years of isolation. Imagine the shame and the stigma that might come with that. It'd be easy for her to let the shame she would have felt stop her from reaching out to Jesus that day. It'd be easy for her to think like this. This Jesus is an important dude. He's busy. He's on his way to Jairus' house. He's a much more important person than me. I won't trouble him. I won't bother him. He's already helping someone else. She had every right to feel hopeless. She had every right to give up. She had every right to think, what's the point? I can't do it. But she didn't. She didn't allow anything to stop her from reaching out and touching Jesus that day. I wonder what stops us from reaching out. I wonder what stops you from encountering Jesus Christ. I wonder if the reasons that we offer are the same. It's too hard. It's nice and warm in bed. It costs too much money. I've been let down before. I've prayed for a miracle and it didn't happen. I believed for a certain outcome and I was disappointed. I've been told that this is my lot in life and I just need to accept it. I don't know what it is that stops you from encountering or going after the promises of God. But I believe that in this lady that we see things that we can relate to. Whether it's physical challenges, whether it's emotional challenges, whether it's the things that are said by our culture that say, no, stand back. No, don't trouble him. No, don't go for the miracle. No, don't go believing for the great things that God can do. I don't know what it is that stops you. Maybe you've been let down before. Maybe you've been very, very disappointed. Maybe you don't think you can trust anyone, not even God. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says this, Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Proverbs 3 verse 5 in the message says this, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He is the one who will keep you on track. I don't know what your story is this morning. But I know that there is a God in heaven who loves you and he's a God who can be trusted. He is a God that you can put all of your hope in, all of your faith in, all of your desires and dreams can be placed in him because he is trustworthy. People will let you down, but our God will never fail. To have an encounter with Jesus like this lady did, you don't have to know everything, but you do have to trust in everything. To experience God in all of his fullness, that is what is required. Complete and utter trust in him. Not complete and utter knowledge in him. Not complete and utter maturity in him. But simply to trust in him. Complete and utter trust in him. She had faith to believe that Jesus could make a difference in her life. She had faith to believe that God could be trusted. She'd been let down before, but she had a belief that said no, God could come through Maybe you feel unworthy this morning. Maybe you feel that God, that what you need God to do is beyond you. It's, it's it's not important enough. I don't know what your excuse or your reason might be this morning, but I love what it says in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Says Jesus came and said, "Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest." Jesus didn't say, "Come to me, all of you who have everything figured out." Come to me, all of you that have got all of your act together. Come to me, all of you that are good Christians. Come to me, all of you that have got uh, everything in life healthy and running up. Then come to me. No, he said, come to me, all of you who are weary. All of those of you that have got a challenge. If you've got a problem, if you've got a need, come to me. God wants us to come to him. He has time for everyone. I've got no doubt that if someone else had done what this lady had done and deliberately touched Jesus, that Jesus would have healed them as well. Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house, but it says that he stopped. The thing I love about Jesus is he was always able to be interrupted. He was constantly interrupted. In fact, it's like he planned in his diary, I'm going to be interrupted today. I'm going to make room for interruptions because that's what I'm here for. But he's on his way somewhere and he stops. And once he's finished speaking to the lady and she is healed, it says, if you read a little bit later on, that he did go to Jairus' house, that he did see that young daughter who was just about dead rise and be healthy and well, and he healed her too. The thing I love about Jesus, with Jesus, it's not an either-or sort of thing. It's not like Jesus can go, okay, I can heal this lady who's been sick for 12 years, or I can heal Jairus' daughter. Show of hands, who wants me to heal the daughter? Who wants me to heal the lady? It's not like that. With Jesus, it's all who come to Him, all who reach out to Him, all who have faith that believe that an encounter with Him can save them and heal them. They are the ones that can receive mercy and healing and the grace that they need. It is not a choice between either or. You know, when my kids are trying to get my attention, I don't know about you, but I can only listen actively to one of them at a time. I can only, I've only got ears for one child or one family member at a time. I was going to say only one spouse, that would imply I've got more than one spouse. One is expensive enough. But I can listen to one person at a time, but not our God. Every one of us could call out to him right now with a different need, with a different situation, with a different circumstance, and he can respond to each of us like we were the only one in the room. That is the ability of our God. Jesus did not have to choose who he healed that day. He could heal those that called upon him to heal him. It wasn't a choice. It was both. For matter, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone who calls. Not just those that have got it together. Not just those that are in church. But anyone who calls on the name of the Lord. You know, this grace... This life, this healing that Jesus has come to give us is made possible because of the most deliberate act ever in history. The most deliberate act of love was when God sent his son, Jesus, to the earth. As Brett said in communion this morning, this act of rescue, to rescue humanity from a world without God. It was the most deliberate thing done ever. It was not an accident, it was not a plan B, it was not a panic moment in heaven. Oh no, what have I done? I need to rescue these people. No, it was the most deliberate thing that God has ever done, the most deliberate act ever in all of humanity, in all of history, was when God deliberately sent his son Jesus to die. He came to the earth knowing that he would have to die, knowing that he would have to sacrifice his life so that we can have life. I'm going to wrap up in a minute, but John 3.16 says this, God loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son, that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. This deliberate act of God to send His Son, Jesus, requires from you and I a deliberate act in return. A moment in our life where we deliberately turn to Him, where we deliberately choose to follow Him. Where we deliberately in our heart decide, Jesus, you are my Lord. Jesus, I believe what it says about you in this book, this Bible. I want to give my life to following you. You won't just happen to find yourself in relationship with God. It won't be like at the doctor. Oh, you're a Christian now. No, it doesn't just happen. It's a choice. It's a deliberate choice to be in relationship, to believe and to follow him. We choose to follow him. You know, when people get baptized, we often sing this song. I have decided to follow Jesus because it signifies it's a deliberate decision on our part to respond to a deliberate act on his part. There is no accident about it, but it is a choice that we all must make. This morning, I'm going to ask the creative team to come back up. We're going to sing a song in a moment. I think we're going to sing that song we sung before I come to the altar. But in this moment right now, if you're here and you've never made a decision to choose to follow God, a decision to invite him into your heart, a decision that reaches out like this lady did and says, yes, I want to know who Jesus is and I want to have this encounter with him. I want to give my life to him. Maybe you've done that before, but today's a day where you say, no, I'm reaching out because I want to have an experience with God that changes my life forever. I want to confess that I believe in him. I want to declare that I need Him and I want to give my life to following Him. Then I want to give you an opportunity this morning before we go any further. I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes for a moment. And if you're here in this room and you'd like to make that decision this morning, it's a choice that you make. I can't make it for you. Your parents can't make it for you. Your spouse can't make it for you. Only you can make it. Only you know the state of your heart. And this morning, if you are here, you've never made a decision or you've made a decision once, but you're far away from that decision right now. Now is the moment where you can say, yeah, I want to know Jesus Christ. I want to declare that I believe in him. I want to declare that I am a believer in Jesus, a follower of Jesus. I want to give my life to him. Then I want you to raise your hand right now so that I can see it. Just raise it up high so I can know that today you've made that decision, that you want to follow Jesus with your life. You are giving Him control. I see your hand up the back. That's awesome. Is there anyone else that wants to raise their hand this morning? Raise it up high. I see your hand as well. I'm going to ask this church to pray a prayer. It's a prayer that we pray inviting Jesus into our heart. And I'm going to ask us all to pray this prayer together. I'm going to ask everyone in this room to repeat these words. It's a prayer inviting Jesus into our life. And these are the words I want you to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I acknowledge that I need you. I believe you are the Son of God. You came to earth to give eternal life. I open my heart to you. I receive you as my Saviour. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. Today I receive your forgiveness and acceptance. Take control of my life from this day on. In your name I pray. Amen. If you raised your hand this morning like I can see some people have, one of our team will come and see you after the service they'll have a chat with you they'll talk to you and talk to you about how you can be a person that not only makes a decision in a church service but is a person that gives their life to following him and living for him church it says in the god in the bible that we're two or three gathered together that he is there amongst them and i got this sense as i was preparing this message that just like jesus was walking through the crowd that day many people saw him many people came to church that day if you like But it was only the lady who was deliberate that had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And I'm going to ask the team to sing this song again in a moment. And we're going to open up the altar this morning. We're going to sing the song that says, Oh, come to the altar. And we're going to open up the front this morning if you would like prayer. Maybe this morning you coming out the front is your deliberate act of reaching out to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I don't just want to attend church this morning. I don't just want to go through the motions of singing another song, but I've got a desperate need in my life. I've got something that I know only you can provide the answers for and I want to reach out to you in a deliberate act and say, Jesus, I need you. If you want the team to pray for you, they will pray for you. If you want to just stand at the altar and worship God and let Him encounter you, then go for it. I'm going to ask us to stand now. As we stand together, church, I want us to have a moment right now You know, if you need to go, you can, but we're going to open up the old. We're going to pray for you if you want prayer. Maybe it's physical healing. Maybe like this lady, there's a physical need in your body and you want to ask and believe in faith this morning that through an encounter with Jesus, you will be healed. Maybe there's someone here and you're desperately in need of a job. And I can't provide you a job, but I know a God who can. I know a God who can make a way where there is no way. Maybe there's a broken relationship. Maybe there's a great financial need. I don't know what the issue is, but Jesus does. And He wants to heal. He wants to restore. He wants to fix. He wants to make all things new. And this morning as we come to the altar, let's be deliberate in our act. It's not about doing a physical thing just to get a result. It's about our heart saying, Jesus, we want to encounter You this morning as we sing this song, church, whether you come out the front or you stay in your seat, my challenge and encouragement to you is simply this. Encounter Jesus. Reach out and touch Him because He and only He is the one who can make a difference in your life. God, we thank You that You are here. We thank You, Jesus, that all we have to do is reach out to You. We can come to You as we are. And God, we come to You now We ask, Lord God, for you to do a miracle in our lives. In Jesus' name, let's sing this song and come down the front and reach out to Him.